On this episode, we are diving into the world of haunted real estate, where the ghosties are unfortunately less Casper and more The Conjuring, as we dive into How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix and The Good House by Tanana Reeve Dew. If these two are still on your to-be-read list or you just aren't a fan of paranormal activity, we'd throw a dash of salt over your shoulder and sprint on over to another episode. Welcome back to Page Rage. Welcome back, everyone. I would like to say a very happy birthday to my son, Savage. He is two years old, aka 14 in dog years. <laughs> Happiest of birthdays to little Savvy. I won't say anything else because Gigi, I know, is listening to me. And if I start talking in a, in a dog way, she's going to come flying down. So, All right. Well, we got... Two haunted house books on this episode. And considering I live currently in a haunted house. Thanks, Larry. Larry haunted my house. <laughs> Don't tell me that. I am not coming. I will not come to your house. <laughs> I've gotten new things to clear out all the, the whatever Larry left me with. Larry, I will be tagging you in this episode. Because <laughs> you've done this to my house. So let's get into uh, the first book, Grady Hendrick's newest novel, How to Sell a Haunted House, was released in January 2023 and is the spiritual third installment following Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires and My Best Friend's Exorcism. Louise gets a call from Mark, her estranged brother, that their parents have died in an accident. The last thing she wants to do is leave her daughter and fly across the nation to deal with her childhood. While her father's career was dedicated and based in academia, Her mother's life has been devoted to puppets and dolls, and their house is filled to the brim with her past creations. Louise has to work with her deadbeat brother to get everything cleaned out. That there's only one hang-up, a possessed puppet trying to kill them both. Fun fact, the reason this is a spiritual trilogy is these are all based in Hendrix's hometown in Charleston. And he said he's done with this one. He may revisit back in Charleston, but... He's done for the moment. So Ash, rage or rave? This one for me personally is more of like a page okay as much as I hate that saying. I still haven't thought of anything better. (laughs) Um, It's a page okay for me. I do enjoy the way Grady Hendrix thinks. I enjoyed the little foreword that he had in about like cleaning out his friend's house and kind of where the Mm -hmm. inspiration from this came. I of course loved even like the afterward. Enjoyed the writing in the book. I I mean, he's, he's a great writer. He really is. I personally just wasn't really into this story that much. It was a quick read. Like I read it quickly. It just wasn't my personal cup of tea. So for others, this may have been more of like a rave, but for me, it was, it was fine there. It it was just me. It's, it was me, not him. What about you? This was more of a rage. There were quite a few moments. I thought, what the fuck am I reading? I like his writing, but just like you, I hated the story. There were a lot of times I found myself being like, really? Is this what we're doing? It was not for me. This was not something I really could get behind. I thought it was kind of silly at certain parts, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. And I mean, he is a little bit of a cheekier writer. Like That's just his writing style. So maybe he meant it to be a little bit more tongue-in-cheek and a little bit less serious. Maybe that was the intention. I don't typically love paranormal books. You know, I don't like people in walls. I don't like any Mm -hmm. like blood coming down the wall. I I don't like that. I 
like serial killers and slashers. But if it's good, I can deal with it. So I wasn't sure if it was just the premise or the puppets or what it was, but just something about the story I just didn't connect with. I am not a big doll or Mm -hmm. puppet person Mm -hmm. to begin with. Not that I think they're creepy because... My grandmother had a bunch of Victorian dolls. My mom collected certain dolls that looked like me through Mm -hmm. my life. You know, dark hair, dark eyes that she bought for me as a kid. So it doesn't bother me. I just thought some of the twists and turns were a little too, really? Is this where we're going with this? And I will read him again. Mm -hmm. Coming off Final Girl Support Group, I I guess expected something a little bit different Mm -hmm. than what I was getting. You know, my parents are like obsessed with antiques, Mm -hmm. as were my grandparents. So they're everywhere. Did you grow up with a lot of them? Not to the extent that you did. Um, We have antiques because my grandparents were in their 80s when I was born. So their antiques were just literally things that they had throughout their life that were already over like a century old if they came from, you know, their parents. So Mm -hmm. I did have antique items, but it wasn't like purposeful antiquing. Um, There were some like collectible dolls and things like that. Dolls themselves don't freak me out. But I think too much of anything is never a good thing. So if I have like a whole wall of Mm -hmm. dolls staring at me, I'm not really down for that work for me. Puppets I have always found disturbing and creepy. Mm-hmm. And now after reading his epilogue, I'm I understand why I think they are creepy. So <laughs> I was like, I'm justified in yeah. this. I know I will not be putting a sock on my hand and seeing what happens, Grady Hendrix. <laughs> Did you actually have anybody that you liked in this book? I really enjoyed Barb. <laughs> she was ridiculous. Barb was so funny. Barb and her aunt Gail just like cracked me up. I actually really did enjoy the fact that there was extended family. I feel like Mm -hmm. in these traditional types of like horror setups, it's like the main character, maybe an estranged sibling, and that's it. They never have extended family. There's never anybody else. So I did actually like that they had this like crazy Southern family. uh, Because when their aunt honey told him to sit his fanny down, I was just I was crying. I was like, yes, what about you? I mean, I love anybody named Gail. Gail was a trip to me. Mm -hmm. She acted she had a lot of similarities to my mom, how she was very straight laced and no nonsense. Mm -hmm. And when she was doing the seance mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> I love that. Everything that was coming out of her mouth mm-hmm. was gold. That I, I could have read a book on that. Yes. That would have been cool for me. Yes. And Barb with her booping the puppet on the nose. I love that the two of them got together on long holidays to just exercise mm-hmm. demons yep. out of haunted <laughs> dolls. I was like, of course you do. Uh-huh. Of course you do. I enjoyed them. So I agree. If he did a spinoff on their like long weekends, a novella, a novella I'm like, a minute. A minute. I'm, I'm yeah. ready. You can age me up. I'll play her in the Lifetime movie. I'll take Gail. You can be Barb. Right. <laughs> I'm not Asian, but I got this. <laughs> okay. Well, obviously, one of the biggest parts or biggest relationship arcs that we did see in this book was between Louise and Mark. What did you think of Louise and Mark's relationship in the beginning of the story? Did it unfold in the way that you expected? So again, sucker for a sibling mm-hmm. story. I was like, there's just no way that Mark is just so one dimensional as a quote unquote deadbeat brother. I was like, there's got to be more depth to him. So I didn't fully believe her take on him. I was, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop on. Okay. Give me Mark's backstory. Like, what is the deal? But he really did seem like the kinder hearted person out of the two. But what about you? I think at the 
beginning, I kind of took him a little bit more at face value. Like when they were just fighting over the guys <laughs> coming in to just clean out the house and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I did understand where Louise is coming from. But then I think the more they got into the house and you just really realize it's junk. At the end of the day, they were both grieving. Like those were his parents too. So I feel like she could have given him a little bit more of a grain of salt. But I did appreciate that Grady did not let him just be one dimensional. So what? Okay. So this is like one of my biggest rages in this book. (laughs) What would you have done as a child if your mom demanded you to treat this weird sock puppet or whatever puppet as a sibling? Well, as somebody with divorced parents, I would have called Arthur Hill and been like, Dad, mother <laughs> has officially lost it. I'm coming to live with you. <laughs> that is how I would have reacted. I would have been like, absolutely not. But the good thing was, I also grew up with my grandma. My grandmother did live with my mom and I. So mm-hmm. I think my grandmother would have also shut that down pretty quickly and been like, Elizabeth, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, I don't think she that would have flown with my grandma. So it was wild because yeah. I kept thinking, I was like, why is the dad entertaining? this crazy he's so science and academia and mm-hmm. facts and then his wife is over here this is your other brother Mm-mm. pumpkin no what no i think that dad no, just I, like stepped out of it like my dad would have and just like let the crazy happen in the corner he just didn't engage with it but i don't know why he wouldn't accept it and been like this is not what we're doing here she made him like his own room in the attic that is wild mm-hmm. to me it, it was too much for me. That was one of my bigger issues with the book. I mean, her whole like, family ignored any traumatic thing mm-hmm. that happened. So why are they? They're not going to step in and be like, this is crazy. They're just like, no, your family is weird. But they didn't step in to do anything. <laughs> do you think um, Louise and Mark's father had had any altercations prior to whatever occurred the day that they both passed away? Oh, for sure. I fully believe that something had to have popped up at some point mm-hmm. along the way. I kept thinking, what about when they were dating and when they were first married? Yeah. Oh, like in the bedroom. It's <laughs> just, I kept thinking of all these things. What if like you're coming out of the shower and there he is? No, and fuck no. <laughs> I do not play mm-hmm. these games. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. So the book is almost like a horror Velveteen Rabbit. Did you read that book when you were little? Did you enjoy that book or were you on the same wavelength as Louise. So my grandma read me that book when I was little and then she got me the book and then there was like a cartoon about it. Mm -hmm. It's a very sad story. I guess the moral of the story is a very sweet, like if you believe enough, it does become real to you. The whole story itself is very depressing and I definitely sided with Louise on that. What about you? I agree. It is it is really depressing. It was that book that I remember. And then there was a book called Corduroy. And it was about a bear. I love it. But it was also sad. Like they both just made Mm -hmm. me sad. I was like, can we have a kid's book that isn't just like detrimental to my mental health? Like Mm -hmm. that just made me really sad. Mm -hmm. I think Corduroy got made into like a little cartoon as well. I think so. But I don't remember it. I remember it being a little creepy as a cartoon as well. Kind of like some of the old Winnie the Pooh ones, they're a little creepy. Mm-hmm. So. What a time. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Anything that has like that 70s, like 80s animation, it was just a little disturbing. So Kids would be like, is this a horror film today? <laughs> like, yeah. Is this, uh... No, this is what we watch the children. Is- 
this is why we are this way. Thank you. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for asking. I saw like a video the other day and it was, you know, millennials versus Gen Z. And it's we were drinking Everclear out of a bathtub and running from the cops. You guys are drinking White Claws and calling the cops. We're not the same. We are not like, the yeah. same. That is 100% true. <laughs> not just Everclear. I remember drinking 151. Yep. Everclear. Ooh, gold Schlager. Yep. Oh, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there were punches that mixed like 151 and Everclear yep. and then like blue, like uh, it is true. Between the disturbing shit we read and watched, and I know we always talk about reading VC Andrews. I'm like, <laughs> what am I reading? What? There was flowers in the attic. <laughs> like, <laughs> My, they just let me get whatever I wanted out of the library. And I'm not mm-hmm. knocking my mom. Like, you know, it isn't what it is. She let me do my own thing. But like, my God, what was I reading? My grandma gave me the V.C. Andrews every time. She was like, I know you like this author. Okay. I mean, they would buy that. I yeah. Read, yeah. But we were watching Goosebumps. We were watching Tales mm-hmm. of the Crypt Keeper. We had V.C. Mm-hmm. Andrews. Are you afraid of the dark? Are you That's afraid of the, the dark? That's intro Ooh, ever. It is. It is. And then you wonder why yeah. we are the way we are. We're obsessed with true crime and... <laughs> serial killers and we're prepared we are we are definitely prepared gen z i don't know about y'all but we're ready so they should do a reality show millennials versus gen z who can get out faster i'm pretty sure it would be us so it would be us (laughs) i can hear like gen z or why are you crying millennials there's no time for crying we gotta fucking go (laughs) (laughs) reeling it back Okay, so would you have gone back to the house after the first couple times that those two creepy ass dolls kept popping back up and the TV kept switching back and poltergeisting on and off, on and off? No, I'm brown. I know how this goes in horror movies. <laughs> Fuck no. I will leave Cat's house if I see one thing go awry and I will stay in a hotel. Fuck that. Like, absolutely not. We don't fucking play those games. <laughs> so, no, I would not have gone back. The second that TV would have turned back on or one of those dolls would have moved. I'm out. (laughs) Mark, finish this yourself. I am going back to California. So goodbye. Avita Zane. (laughs) A-Town down. (laughs) I couldn't get over Louise. That's when I started like leaning towards Mark because like Mark wanted to do this the smart way. You Mm -hmm. wanted to be in control of this. And now you're in this creepy ass house, Mm -hmm. creepy ass dolls and the TV's flicking Mm -hmm. on and off. This is all you. I don't feel bad. And when Mark like ran in and saved her, mm-hmm. you had a needle in your eye. Correct. And then I love that he took her to Waffle House. Well, where else do you go in the South at like two in the morning? Come on. You go to Waffle House. We I mean, love, I would go to Steak and Shake personally, but Waffle House, you know, I guess if you must. But yeah, I wouldn't have been there either. But mm-hmm. then again, my house is haunted and there's nothing I can do I'm about it. But I'm going to Cat's I'm- house. <laughs> I've, I've called an old priest and a young priest, guys. I don't think they're bad. I've made myself very clear. I'm just telling Larry to get his homies out of here. I fully believe in having like talismans around your house, especially like with things that are passed down. So I have like my grandfather's blanket, my grandfather's like Greek statues and stuff like that. I feel like this is a very protective house. Even if I could have rationalized my way through like the TV turning back on and like all these things, just ignored the literal scene of a horror movie when you first walk in and you see the cane and the hammer. The second some decaying dead squirrel comes at me in a room and literally attacks me, I am out. There is no rationalizing that. So I don't know what she was doing in her brain, but there is no rationalizing that kind of behavior. That was crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, as the story continues, uh, Louise's childhood pumpkin misadventure was revealed. Where did you think the story was going to go once we found out that 
she knew a little bit more than she was letting on. I thought she was two different people. You know what I'm saying? Legit crazy, crazy as a kid. And then I was like, well, no wonder your brother fucking hates your ass. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd be pissed too. I would be holding on that grudge forever. What about you? Yes. When we found out that Louise had actually attempted to drown her little brother as a two-year-old, I just Mm -hmm. walked away from him. In that moment, I was like, maybe there is more things that she is repressing. And then I was like, is Pumpkin real? Is this like something Louise did as a kid? Is Louise Louise? Like, what is happening here? So Mm -hmm. I wasn't exactly sure the direction it was going to go, but I definitely started to get suspicious of Louise. She definitely became more of a non-reliable narrator at that point. So I was like, "Uh uh-oh. I thought there was going to be more to it than than what it was. Okay, so one thing I want to talk about, which was where I kind of threw my hands off and was like, what the fuck is this? The puppeteer group. Crazy to me. And to be clear, we're talking Uh, about the puppeteer group that Mark was in, not like the puppeteer funeral situation. No, 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 no. I I actually kind of liked that (laughs) funeral situation. I thought it was very cute. The puppeteer group that Mark met when he went to college, it was literally insane. It was like he threw everything crazy in the kitchen sink into this and ran with it. What did you think about their theory that the puppets actually run the puppeteers? I 100% agree. percent agree that it (laughs) could be possible you know growing up on like we said goosebumps and are you afraid of the dark and that Mm -hmm. Buffy episode that is still in like broiled in my brain Mm -hmm. where there is like a possessed puppet I totally could buy it it makes sense to me that maybe we are bringing to life something that maybe you should not have a voice or vessel to be talking through I mean it all comes from somewhere right whether you're an actor whether you're a writer you're literally hearing voices in your head so (laughs) you just don't always know what that voice is right? Yeah, I want to just expand a little bit on this psycho-ass puppeteer group. I have a lot of things I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. First of all, remember Lamb Chop? That was I sure our... do. I loved Lamb Chop. How did we go from that to like this pumpkin thing where they replicated his masks and then they were eating pets, which yeah. lost me. I was like, absolutely not. Nope. When he said a dog collar, I was like, no, I don't like this book anymore. That was hard they for were me. I was possessed. Like, so It's crazy. Yes. It's crazy. Yes. What happened to Lamb Chop sing-along? I don't know. I don't know shit about puppets. It's it's all weird to me. Like the ventriloquist. Yeah, dis- but it's disturbing. So at the end of the book, Brady Hendricks was giving us mm-hmm. like a little bit of a history lesson. If you actually look at some of those older puppets, they are not cute. It was not pretty. They were meant to make you feel horrible about whatever you were doing, right? Or they were used for revolutionary purposes. They were not cute little lamb chops. So I buy it. Mm-hmm. I totally buy it. I don't know. It was that that was to me, that was a wild part of the book that I did not like. There were certain things I don't ever want to read this. Whatever they tapped into, it was I I don't even think it was pumpkin at that point. So I think it was, I think it was past that, whatever they were messing with. Mm-hmm. I think the smartest thing he did was like that house on fire. So mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Okay. So how do you think pumpkin was able to get so much control over Mark specifically? Because obviously the Wee's had him on. We saw a very different um, reaction from Poppy when she had him on as well. Even their mother, Nancy would wear him at some points, but it seemed like Mark and Poppy were definitely the most susceptible. Why do you think that was? I think with Mark, he cared so much about Louise. He didn't want him to hurt her. Because I remember when they were in the attic, he would gotten spider again, crazy. Like you think about it, when Louise had him, she just let him drown. Like she just walked back into the house. He was actively fighting to try and protect her. So I think there's something different in the way that Louise just kind of gave up and just kind of let it ride. Whereas Mark was fighting the whole way. And I think he probably was able to do that because 
because maybe he believed a lot more and he had already seen what pumpkin can do considering what they did in the group and poppy she's just a kid like what is she gonna you know so you think that mark was actually stronger than louise with pumpkin even though he was fully possessed and had no control over himself pumpkin threatened him he said if you don't put me on i'm going to six spider mm-hmm. after your sister so he took one for the team literally he lost his arm half his arm what do you think <laughs> I don't even know. I think I think Mark was a little bit more susceptible to pumpkin because I think Mark always had this feeling like he wasn't good enough because of Louise. So I feel like just being able to completely forget. um, And especially later on when he did have regrets when he wasn't sure if he killed people or he knew he did a bunch of random shit when he was like possessed by all those pumpkin masks. He liked the ability to just completely forget everything and have like a blank slate and just not be himself anymore. I think it was more of an addiction to him, just the complete blank slate and forgetting than anything. I think Louise, she compartmentalized and just was able to walk away. So I do think she was actually a little bit more mentally tough than Mark was. And then yeah, Poppy is a child. So I mean, there's Mm -hmm. only so much she can do. I felt horrible, like those couple moments where Poppy actually came out and she was just like screaming and wailing. I just felt so bad for her that this was Mm -hmm. happening. And I just felt like they drew this out so much. I'm like, get this shit done. Like you're wasting so much time. I know everything moves slow in the South, but like, my God, you are so inefficient. Well, did your feelings change about Mark after he let out all his story about oh definitely puppeteer journey of course because you realize he wasn't just you know a spoiled brat flunking out of things having his parents put the bill i mean yes that was a little bit of it still (laughs) it's not like it was fully gone but he also went through some shit the fact that he remembered louise trying to kill him and that's like one of his first memories as a kid who would be okay with that being the first memory it's kind of sad that he couldn't remember pumpkin being on her arm because he might have put it together like wait a minute like he said they weren't close they didn't talk they didn't ever have that moment the fact that their mother allowed this to happen saw what it did to mark and did not take it upon herself to take care of the situation i'm i'm not a fan of that i honestly had a lot of issues with the parents Mm -hmm. i think through this whole book not as much the kids because they were kids i my bigger issue was the mom and then the dad just checking out I was like, none of this is okay. As soon as his arm came out, like, are we really, you really took it there, Grady? Mm-hmm. Okay, ma'am. He, like, sure he sure did. But like I said, mm-hmm. this was also the moment where you get to see Mark is not one dimensional. There is a reason for the madness. There's a reason why he's like this. And I did like that him and Louise were finally able to talk through it and realize our parents are fucking batshit crazy. We grew up with a mm-hmm. fucking possessed puppet. Did you know who or what Pupkin was going to end up being? Yes, I had a feeling it was gonna be Freddy because we talked we brought up Freddy again towards the end and I was like, okay, there's gotta be more than this. Also, I couldn't even what demon is going to be <laughs> Well, I mean Gail was yelling him out, so I'll give her that. She knew all mm-hmm. the names as re- I don't know, I'm mm-hmm. making up names now. I don't I'm not trying to I call I was like, please it. don't say don't, that. Don't I'm literally not going to Don't come house. here. <laughs> don't come here. <laughs> I'm convinced Gail and Barbara in the Furies from <laughs> Deanne Rayburn's book. I'm convinced they've seen some real they shit sure go down. Have. It's whatever. I hope they pop up again in one of his other books. I was kind of wondering if they maybe were in my my best friend's exorcism. I was trying to figure out if there were any Ooh, like I honestly don't Easter really egg. remember the the book club that much. I did not like that book. I couldn't find any Easter eggs, but I'm curious if there are any. Well, I didn't think necessarily that the puppet was going to be Freddy. It it made sense. 
obviously you knew he was going to come into play it's in some capacity because they keep mentioning it and it just keeps unraveling of like how he died all these things I don't know why I just didn't think he was going to be the puppet though I just for some reason didn't feel like that's where it was gonna it was gonna go but I didn't know what other explanation they could possibly have for what was happening I just think they're creepy in general well, what'd you think about the ending? I liked the fact that Pumpkin and Freddy were finally put to rest. I think that was nice that they were finally exercised. They finally crossed into the light. They got to be with their family. Louise got a little bit of closure too. She was able to tell Freddy, please tell my mom, thank you. And you know, whatever. Thank you for what? I still don't know, but <laughs> you almost killed your grandchild. Because that was also one of the most disturbing things when she flies back to San mm-hmm. Francisco and her daughter has literally recreated pumpkin i i was not i was not well i was not okay i was like ian what the fuck is wrong with you first of all like i i did like the way that the the end kind of tied everything up i like that she kind of reconnected with her family i did enjoy her south carolina family mm-hmm. what about you i like that her and her brother if not friends and at least siblings in the best way that they could be. So I enjoyed that. I found it interesting that this whole thing could have been circumvented if they had just, <laughs> hey, y'all knew my family was weird, but we are not talking about it. But if we talk about it, it's just in the backyard. Uh-huh. Like you had, you flew across the country, mm-hmm. then had to fly your ass mm-hmm. all the way back. And it was literally just a couple steps in the mm-hmm. backyard. I was a little frustrated on that. Inefficient. But, I mean, like that I is said, inefficient. That is the Southern way. They don't talk about shit about shit. Mm-hmm. They just brush it under the rug. And as my grandmother should say, scream in your napkin. Mm-hmm. And that's what she did. And do. look at where so, it got you. <laughs> I was like, that's why I kind of like my mom's side because everybody just over here yelling at everybody. But it's out in the open and then we move past it or hold on to it forever until we die. You'll talk about it. You might still hold on mm-hmm. to it, but you'll, you will voice it. Again, I would have I would have been through this and like maybe a day two days max like, as soon as i got home and i saw that puppet on that kid i would have been like we booking the next fight mm-hmm. right back on out going right on back all right all in all book was not for us again nothing wrong with the writing nothing wrong with any of that like all of the things that we would normally be angry about was not the situation it was more so just not for, it just wasn't for us it just wasn't for us but it might be for you i don't know and if he comes out with a novella on Barb and Gail, we'll, we're we'll in there like swimwear. We'll absolutely read mm-hmm. that. Yes, agreed. Upon the passing of Grandmere Toussaint, Angela inherits her home, a house so loved by the citizens of Sacagawea, Washington, they named it the Good House. Or is it? One summer night, tragedy strikes Angela's family and her son takes his own life. Angela returns to Sacagawea two years later in hopes of finding some closure for her overwhelming grief. Instead, she finds out there have been more senseless deaths and is starting to wonder if this has anything to do with her grandmother's evil entity back in the 20s. Angela stops blocking her inherited gifts and starts unraveling her family's Secrets of the past. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Was this a rage or a rave for you? So this one was more of a rave for me. I really enjoyed this. This was my first book by Do. I loved it. I thought it was a little long. Maybe been condensed in certain places. I didn't need as much detail on certain things. But once the story got moving, like you said, it got moving. And I was up at night flipping through the pages. So I really did enjoy it. What about you? 
Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. I did give Kat a warning. I was like, it took me about 267 pages and then I flew through it. That might seem alarming. It's not that the first 260 pages are bad. They are well written. There's a lot going on, but Mm -hmm. nothing is like happening. It's just a lot of scene setting. But once you hit those 260s, you are flying, man. So it is definitely worth it. So same, Um, definitely more of a rave for me. I did really enjoy this. Also, my first by do will 100% read another one of her books. Um, I really enjoyed this. I did think I was going to based on the premise. Again, not a fan of like the paranormal activity shit and people in, in walls and whatever else is happening. But <laughs> I, I did actually like this one. Okay, so like the TV, would you have returned to the good house like Angela did? Or would you have never gone back and ran away as far as possible? Yeah, I don't know if I could have come back here. I think it would have been a lot longer than two years. I don't think I would have necessarily sold the house or anything like that. Maybe to like a historical society because I think this house should definitely be preserved. Obviously, it was one Mm -hmm. of the first in the area, but I don't know that I personally would have continued to enter it and think everything was fine. What about you? I don't think I could ever go back to that tragedy of my child. First of all, y'all gonna be seeing me in a mental institution. Like I know she checked herself in, I'd still be there. So I completely get that a thousand percent. I don't think I could go back to the scene of the crime, so to speak. So I could not have gone back I also think I probably would have, if I was Angela prior to what happened, been a little bit more aware of what was going on and going through stuff because she had that whole room up there that she had no idea was there. Why didn't you know it was there? I would have been all up in the attic going through things. When my grandparents passed, my dad offered me their house and like an idiot, I should have taken it, but I did not because I knew I would have gone through their stuff and changed absolutely nothing like Angela did. Mm -hmm. It would have been like a shrine Mm -hmm. to my grandparents. There's no point in me because I would have never made it my own. It was just been me living in my grandparents' house (laughs) till the end of time. So, and my grandfather passed in there. So he would have heard snoring in the TV room. Really? That's just my grandfather. grandfather. It's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with like Caspery grandfather ghosts. I'm not okay with the conjuring type of ghosts. Okay. Well, there were quite a few narrators in this book. Did you have a favorite? Did you like the fact that we were kind of flipping back and forth? I liked multiple people popping in. I would say the one I really liked the most was Tariq because you could see him slowly progressing down the bad rabbit hole. So I found that very interesting how he was like forgetting and fighting the Loa and all that crazy stuff until he finally just lost himself in it. And then you were basically you were following the killer. Mm -hmm. So I did enjoy actually that perspective. What about you? Yeah, in the beginning, I didn't like Tariq's perspective. I was very much like, why are we why are we over here? Like, what Mm -hmm. is what is the purpose of this? Obviously, as it progressed, it was different because you were getting the perspective of the thing that was out to get them and trying to figure out where they were going to be and where they were going to strike next. So I think as the book went on, it was more interesting. I think Corey was actually probably one of my favorites. In the beginning, I also was like, why are you here? Like, we know what happens to you. Like, what is going on? But as Mm -hmm. the story progressed, just finally getting the answers because he obviously had way more answers than Angela. So just watching his story unfold and kind of how everything really came into play I thought was was really interesting so I think his was probably one of my favorite perspectives was there another perspective you would have liked to have seen outside of who we had I think I would 
would have liked a little bit more of Grammere Toussaint. I really did enjoy her div, but I don't know that it would have added anything additional to the story at that point. I also think Red John, like hearing just a little bit about maybe like how it was before he was there or just anything from his perspective. Obviously, everybody has, you know, a different view of like what is going on. Everybody adds something to the story. I think we did talk a bit about the native population and like the ancestry and obviously they kind of were interwoven, but we didn't really get a true like native voice. So I think that could have been interesting for me. What about you? Any other perspectives? If she wanted to write a novella about all those people at that spiritual party, I would have been all for it. Like she could have thrown them all in there and I would have been diving headfirst. I mean, other than the spiritual party, I think there was enough. I would have gotten confused at some point. Yeah. We were all over the place. I agree. Did you, the other part of it, obviously there were not only a ton of narrators, we also were jumping back and forth pre, post. (laughs) We were in 2001, we were in 2003, then we were in like the early 20th century. Did you like the fact that we were time jumping around? Did it get a little confusing at one point? It did get a little confusing for me about one or during one point with the 2001 to the 2003. I sometimes didn't check the dates and then I'd be in like halfway through the chapter and I was like, I don't know how this is following the story. And I would have to flip back and I was like, ah, we're back two years. It did get a little confusing for me, but that's just because I wasn't paying attention as as I should. I just Uh, like read over the date. What about you? Yeah, I I didn't get confused in that perspective. Like, because I I think in the beginning, once I started realizing that we were going to keep flipping back and forth, I was very tuned in to what year we were in just so I could understand where in the story we were. It was more just waiting to see how everything was going to come together. It was more of just like, why? Why are we here? Why are we doing this? Because it does take a while to start seeing all the pieces and all the threads really pull together. So in the beginning, when we have like the initial kind of like exorcist scene, and then we immediately mm-hmm. jump into the early 2000s, I was like, how are we doing this? So I was getting a little bit of whiplash, but you have to wait like 300 more pages to know why. So it did get real. It got real creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things happened that Ashley would not have I been down not for. Also a reason why I put the book down at one point. I was like, I don't know if I can read this. <laughs> <laughs> What did you find the creepiest part of the book or scariest, I guess? <sighs> there were there were many things I didn't, <laughs> I was not down for. Um, I think you did a really good job of kind of just setting that omnipresent, like creepy strangeness. So whenever you were around the house, you were just uncomfortable. You didn't know what was going to happen, but you just kind of, mm-hmm. it was like everything I loved about like those 70s, 80s slasher films where it was just like, you know, you'd hear the music, you're like, where's Michael? <laughs> Sometimes you wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you would, you know, that's how I felt reading this book. I think a couple of the creepiest parts that really stood out to me. One was the moment when the creature formerly known as Tariq Hill. And I was like, no, like he's <laughs> definitely one of my distant cousins in California. Shout out to the Cali Hill clan. <laughs> like I was so <laughs> uncomfortable with that moment. And then oh, when we got to the house and there's this fucking like leaf creature. <laughs> oh, I didn't like it. There were a few points I didn't like. Honestly, the scary part was when Corey was out there and that poor boy got sucked down into the mud and he was trying to save him and all I could think about was that was such a kid thing to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you got so mad and you had all this power and that really freaked me out because all I kept thinking was like that poor child yeah he was a piece of shit kid but nobody deserves to die like that yeah I didn't really like Becca either I was like no I have a lot of problems with Angela she really was pissing me off and nobody was Corey was thinking with the wrong part of his body the whole time which I get it he's a teenage kid so I'm trying to give him like she a little outfit. She is floating on a goddamn branch <laughs> of a tree outside 
of your fucking window. I don't care if you're thinking with your penis or not. That is not okay. Like that's <laughs> not okay. If there's somebody outside of my window and I am several stories up and they are sitting not on a sturdy tree branch, but on this like little flighty limb. Absolutely not. There's something wrong with you. There's a lot of issues with Becca. There's a lot of issues with Miles' mom. Nobody's making that connection. This is driving me crazy. Oh, Angela God. was driving me nuts. Oh, also the way yeah. you would just describe things, it was so visual. So you could just see it. And she just described the way the mom like creepily kind of like looked back over her shoulder and was like, oh, I didn't like it. So obviously, Ladies and gentlemen, and others who are listening, uh, there are a lot of creepy parts in this book. <laughs> There's a lot of really disturbing moments. Not. The main is an idiot, in my opinion, but that's just me. I had an issue with her. I kept thinking, you knew your grandmother did things like that. You have to know there's some kind of truth in what's going on and some kind of passed down gif or whatever the case is. But yes, it was a very creepy book. But that poor boy getting sucked down the mud hole was like, I was like, that's what I pictured quicksand when he was holding school. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, exactly like that. I mean, he was being a little shit, but not that he deserved it. Yeah. Like... Sometimes karma comes in weird places, right? So, but, but my issue is he didn't deserve it at that point. No. Because he was, Becca was like, he raped me. And I was like, bitch, yeah. shut the fuck yes. up. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. You ain't even real. Yeah. Well, this book, like I kind of said, has that sort of Stranger Things-esque, just like omnipresent evil where it's just like everything is connected and it just knows everything all at once. How do you feel about that kind of like big bad? So after I read this, I went on a deep dive, Loa's and the Papa Legba's, which I had kind of, I knew a little like this much about, but I do love all that kind of stuff. So I went down and I looked up the Loa's and I found how interesting it was that actually Miles and Angela were kind of parallel with two of the main Orishas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I realized do kind of writes on that. I don't want to say mythology, but Pantheon, I guess is the best way to put it. And I love how she interconnected it because they're all around us. Like the Loas and the Orishas like encompass everything. So it made sense to me that they would kind of be like hive mind. I loved it. It was definitely creepy. Very well written. What about you? I do like the fact that it was that omnipresent evil, because again, you just kind of have that like, where are they going to come from next? Who are they going to pop in next? But it also kind of made the end not as realistic, because if they have all this foresight, and they can kind of see what's happening, and they have, you know, this, they're just everywhere. I just don't know how Angela would have been able to really get ahead of them the way that she did. You know what I mean? It's like, that's a very hard kind of evil to defeat. (laughs) How do you actually Mm -hmm. kill that? You know, like, how do you actually end this situation? It makes the ending just like a little bit too much of like a bow, like, you know, tied in a bow. But I mean, I I did. I did enjoy it. I was (laughs) with the leaf thing. I was like, how do you fight a stack of leaves? What do you do with that? You get a leaf blower. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Pull a hair dryer. Yeah. I love my favorite parts. (laughs) They're like, all the water starts coming in. He's like, you must have a leak. Really? How are you still? Just the way people try to rationalize their fear is just so. She did a good job, though. Like, you're literally trying to find all of these rational explanations for something that cannot be explained in any other way. Sir, snap the fuck out of it, man. It, it is exactly what you think it is. Dude, you're over here with a crossbow, man. Like, I need you to, that like, magically appeared with all of the, like, mm-hmm. accessories, okay? Because mm-hmm. your ancestors were looking out for you. Tariq was pretty much the house Mm -hmm. of the poor, (laughs) poor man. 
Were you hoping for some kind of redemption from him? How did you want him to end up? Kim, I didn't particularly like him as a character even before he became the creature formerly known as Tariq Hill. I obviously felt bad like he fought off this thing from so far away for two years that he didn't even know he was fighting off. I wish he had just taken that moment with that minister who was like, let me help you before because he saw it. He saw it coming. He's like, you're on the cusp of not being you. I don't know. It's not that I wasn't upset about it, but he just wasn't a good he was not a good person. Doesn't mean he deserved this, Mm -mm. but I don't think he was a good guy. But I was hoping at least at the end, maybe he would have that moment where he kind of somehow fought his way through and was able to kind of help Angela take this thing down. But they were not kidding. When they said he was not there anymore, they had the moment at the very end where they're like, he was finally free. Like you see his soul actually just being released. I really, the minister, I wish that would have been a scene we got to see, to be honest with you. I loved how, I mean, he was in what, like five pages. And I love that dude. Mm -hmm. I love how she wrote him. I felt calm reading him. I think there was no way else we could go besides going bad for him, like full bad and just losing him. I would have liked something different but I don't know what it could have been I don't know what it could have been other than what she wrote at this point because she did it so well Well, I know I said before that Corey's perspective was one of my favorites, especially as we went on, because he ironically was the one who had a lot of the answers or at least stumbled across a lot of the answers. How did you feel about his character arc overall? Did you expect him to have willingly made that choice in the cellar? I did. I wasn't the biggest fan of Corey for a lot of it because he was driving me crazy. I get it. He had teenage angst Mm -hmm. and all the things and his parents were separated. And and I totally understand. And he was thrown into this random little town where they're racist as shit. And he found his one friend. And of course, he's like really obsessed with girls. Mm -hmm. When it got to the part with that kid, kid was getting sunk into the mud. I feel like that kind of opened his eyes and kind of woke him up or made him grow up real quick Mm -hmm. that, oh shit, this isn't just... Ouija boards and this is this is real and I think that that was the moment he was like oh fuck way too powerful for me with Corey I I did enjoy his character arc I completely agree with you I think that was really one of the moments for him where he was like oh shit is going down like this is real like this is really a thing but I really liked him kind of discovering what was going on with his you know his grandmother and his ancestors and kind of really starting to take it seriously and figure it out I think he realized the error of his ways very quickly when he did not do that cleansing ceremony and obviously ended up making you know the evil stronger because he wasn't talking to who he was supposed to be talking to because he didn't do the right (laughs) you have listen if they tell you it's like any recipe if they tell you to do it in a specific order at least for the first time you're doing it follow it to a t and then you can experiment once you realize what's going on but you're gonna fuck with supernatural shit do not just go rogue like your first time doing it right like i i like love that he started in the middle of the book and then was like (laughs) It's like, bro. <laughs> Why didn't you go to the beginning? Correct. Start at the beginning. Correct. <laughs> like, you know how to read. Yes. Damn, bro. Like, you don't start a movie in the middle Correct. of the movie. You start it right at the what beginning. What is happening? Yeah. Yeah. And, and realizing that he was the one who controlled the decision and it wasn't forced upon him made me feel much better. Not that I ever want to see anybody have to make that kind of decision or a child like lose his life in a book like this. Mm. But the fact that he was the one who made it to save his mother that made me 
feel like he was strong enough at the end to make his own Correct. decision. Yeah, I get what Correct. you're saying. So at the end, her grandmother offers her a miracle. She's like, you get one miracle since you did all this shit. The ending kind of reverts back to the July 4th party and kind of like a redo. Uh, did you think it was real or was it a hallucination? Or do you think they really reversed time and gave her the ending she wanted? I think that was her miracle. I think going back to that day and that point in time, that was the moment that they could actually undo all of the other unnecessary deaths that happened as a result after that. I think that was the point of no return, right? So I liked the fact that she was able to band together with Corey and they were able to fix it and do it as a pair because, duh, of course you're going to be stronger together than you Mm -hmm. are as like one little teenage kid, you know? I I did like that and I do 100% think that was her do-over. I just want to know if she remembers anything. Like if she remembers the alternate reality or if she's just like totally blind to it or if she will remember at some point. That's my biggest question. Was confused for a second. I was like, how did we get back here? (laughs) And then when I realized what was going on, I was like, oh, she got like a whole redo, which made me extremely happy, not just for Corey and Miles, but for the mayor and his son. That killed me. I was like, no, this like sweet little man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not sure about the remembering, but I did believe it was real. Like I'm choosing to believe it was real. I do too. I think that was, she deserved it. She fixed Mm -hmm. what her grandmother fucked up. Um, So uh, before we get to the, the part about the miracle though, she does kind of stumble into this alternate consciousness where basically she is on some form of spiritual plane. Uh, What did you think of the description of that and just the massive rager that was going on? I loved it. I wanted to go. I don't know how to do that, but I want to like astral project there as well. Like I want to see all kinds of ancestors. I want to see my ancestors. I want to see her ancestors. I want to see your ancestors. Let's go. A whole party with all these people, all these like communities just together. I feel like it'd be a hell of a time and I would love it. I thought it was amazing. I love the native in there when she saw the canoes hanging from the trees. I thought that was amazing. Again, very descriptive. Do goes into a lot of detail so you can actually see everything. What about you? My brain instantly went to Mulan when the ancestors were having a party. (laughs) And then I get like 98 degrees in my head. So I'm like, me too, yeah, that's exactly where I went. Like Stevie Wonder, like everybody just jamming out. So like, that's where I went. So that seems like a good time to me. So yeah, I was here for it. I did also love the second she started seeing like the canoes and, and everything. I just I really loved that. I loved how she pulled in truly the history of that area. It just made mm-hmm. me really happy. So I did like that scene. She was a lot calmer when she saw her grandma than I, I would been. be. I, like, ch- I would feel much grandma. better. Mouthing off. I'd be like, respectfully, what the hell? I would have been like, thank <laughs> God. <laughs> like, why did you? And then I would have been like, why did you do that to me? But the first reaction, oh, thank God, somebody who knows what they're doing. <laughs> I did like the interaction with her grandma, though, where she was like, you know, she saw her younger and just like living her best life. And she was like, I never saw you like this. You were all buttoned up. And they were talking about mm-hmm. like all the different faces and, and how you have to portray yourself. I really did enjoy that. That was probably my favorite mm-hmm. part of the book. It was really good. It was so it was so well yeah, done. I agree. Okay, so Grandmama Toussaint, would you read a prequel about her life? Or do you think we got enough of her story? No, I want to see all the NOLA stuff go down. I would have definitely liked a little bit 
more of the prequel for her. She's a fascinating woman. We got a lot. Mm -hmm. We did get a lot of insight, but obviously her whole life story would not have been relevant necessarily to what was happening, but I will definitely read a little novella spinoff about her. I want to see start to finish. Mm -hmm. I bet her whole life is just full of stories and I would love to see it. Also, I want to see this like marriage ceremony with Mm -hmm. Papalika. I would have loved to have seen Mm -hmm. that gone down. I thought that was so cool. She's like, that's my spirit husband. What? You get a spirit husband? You? She's had four husbands at this point. I know. I I was like, Elizabeth, is that you? Like, what's (laughs) happening over here? Obviously not. My mother is polite. But well, all in all, uh, I think this was probably my favorite book between the two. Definitely will recommend The Good House. If you're really into Mm -hmm. puppets and dolls and weird things like that, then Grady Hendrix would probably be good for you. It just wasn't it wasn't for us. Uh, But all in all, two reads that we could get through. Uh, Obviously, Tanana Reeve is a little lengthier, like we said, about page 267. Hold on until you get there. And then I promise you, it is 100% worth it. But we want to hear from you. Uh, what is your favorite creepy haunted house story? Email us at hello at pageragepodcast.com or DM us on Insta at pagerage underscore podcast. And of course, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast network. 